Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Welcome back, guys. We have a great episode in store for you today. We are almost through with our 60-day attitude challenge, and wow, these 60 days focusing on our attitudes have been, well, 60 days. (laughs) I'm really glad we did this. I have found myself praying more about my attitude and how I respond to things more than I probably have in my entire life. I know. Tell me about it, especially when you're trying to tell other people. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but the reality is being aware which is what this is helping us do, is one of the first steps in making any type of change. And I know this challenge has definitely identified areas I've needed to tweak. I know you have too, and hopefully all of you guys have as well. Today, we've got a special episode planned with some of my favorite people. And I know that I say that a lot, but really, these are my favorite people. We've got Anika back on the show. She's been with us uh, several times. She's such a huge inspiration, and I've said it before, but she just has it together. And really, there's no better person we could think of to talk about attitude than Anika. She's in full-time ministry. She has five kids, um, just navigating life so well. And one of the things I always say about her, I never hear her complain or yell or anything. So seriously, best attitude of anybody I know. I know. I am so excited to hear what she has to say today. I love learning from her. And last time she was with us, we were talking about her new book, Believe to See. Yeah, great book. If you have not had a chance to get it, you can pick it up on Amazon. It's only $8.99. Definitely get it. And I mean, don't y'all love Amazon? Click. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. It is mine too. Also, we have Pastor Andy Smith with us today. He's joining us for the first time. Um, He is the lead pastor of Influencers Church in Kennesaw, which he leads with his beautiful wife, Leslie. They are friends of ours. Let me tell you, they are both amazing, great leaders, lovers of people, love God so passionately. And I just have to say, he is one of my favorite preachers. He's relatable. Spirit-led, authentic, and he just knows the word. And when he preaches, he doesn't even use notes. And I mean, it's just, he's such a well of wisdom. When he opens his mouth, it's just like all of the study that he's put in over the years, all the years of ministry, it just comes out and meets you right where you are. So I just, I can't wait to hear his perspective on all of this today. So bottom line, guys, we're in for a real treat. And I just have to say, if you're anywhere near the Kennesaw area, check their church out. They are seriously great pastors, and there are many great people there. So guys, as we mentioned before, our attitude is one of the biggest difference makers in determining the kind of life we have. So a lot of people say, oh, what exactly is attitude? Well, 
It's essentially a state of mind. It's the way we think or feel about someone or something. And here's the key. It's what affects our behavior. So that means our attitude pretty much affects every area of our lives. And I don't know about y'all, but keeping a good attitude in a world filled with attitude isn't easy. But the great thing is, even if our environment or our experiences have been or are currently being, you know, influencing us in a negative direction, we do have the ability to recondition our minds, create new habits, and change bad attitudes to better ones. Yeah. So we started the series asking the question, are there specific attitudes that can help us in our life? And we spent the last two episodes, y'all, talking about the Beatitudes, which are the eight specific attitudes Jesus said would help us. You can find them in Matthew chapter 5. But they show us what living the good life is all about and the promise to bring blessing, happiness, and joy to our lives, even when we are in situations that aren't peaceful, happy, or joyful. So today, we thought we'd do a roundabout segment, which if you're not familiar with that, that's just where we introduce a topic, bring guests on, and we go roundabout our topic. So we have, like I said, Pastor Andy and Anika here to share their thoughts and insights on the topic of attitude. And we may even have them talk about the Beatitudes a little bit. So let's just go ahead and bring them on. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for having me back, guys. So glad to be here. Uh, We're thrilled to have you guys. So when you found out we were going to talk about attitude today, what were your initial thoughts? Well, to be honest, I thought we're going to go deep and get really vulnerable because you can't talk about your attitude without talking to the about the direct link to your soul. And so I just thought, man, we're going deep fast. So here we go. I, I need to get ready. What about you, Anika? Debs, when you first told me we were doing a series on attitude, my first thought was, yes, that's so needed. And my second thought was, I sure need it. You know, as it goes, the saying goes, attitude is everything. So very excited, excited about this segment. Yeah, I definitely think it's one that is needed because it's very easy to slip in our attitude. So I don't know about y'all, but I love just having something coming back to the table and go, yep, that is in front of me. And I need to focus on that a little bit more. Yeah, when Des first suggested for us to talk about attitude, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) but here we are. So let's just jump right in. I'm curious, what's something that you've learned in regards to attitude that's helped you in life? Man, Lauren, that's just such a great question, because I think for me, I always had this really bad thought that what I knew was more important than how I shared what I knew or the attitude in which I was willing to release what I knew into a conversation. And that and that there's a lot of times I can know something, but the way that I communicate it is a direct link of how I feel about even having the conversation. So my attitude could be really bad, and yet I could have something really good that needed to be shared, or I could have a specific skill or ability that's desperately needed But my attitude disqualifies me for bringing that asset to the table and helping somebody else. So for me, I think what I've realized is attitude determines how much influence you get to have over a particular situation or over a particular group of people. That is really good. good. I think I need to take some notes. (laughs) 
You know, I was just at the beach and there was this article in the news and there was this big controversy going on because there's a guy that loves Jesus and wants to convert people. So he is standing where these boats pull up. And as soon as people that are on vacation get off the boat and step onto the dock, he's out there holding a big sign saying that your sinner is bound for hell, and he's screaming and yelling at them. And it was this big article in the newspaper because they're trying to sue and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, that's a case in point. There's something that he knows, but the way in which he's going about it is disqualifying him in many ways from actually having the influence that he wants to have. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, and especially in what I do for a living, we're always weighed and measured by the worst expression of of my profession, right? And so when you have somebody standing up yelling and and bringing such a almost hateful attitude, even if it's not hateful, you know, and that's that's what we have really is a defense mechanism. Oh, it's not hate. I'm just passionate. Yeah, but you're passionately communicating not the grace and mercy and compassion of God. You're passionately communicating how terrible people are, but not th- not that that's wrong. Because let's be honest, you know, to your point and to the illustration you mentioned, Debs, we we are sinners in desperate need of redemption and a savior. But if we never get past that point to the fact that in light of that, the love of Jesus trumped that to where God betrayed his own son so that he could accept us. You don't get that from yelling at people and telling them how bad they are. They need to know the truth. And so attitude is every bit the filter in which people hear our message. It is absolutely 100% of the time. So it doesn't matter unless, you know, my wife all the time just really has helped me over the years realize because I had I tend to be very passionate. I tend to be very engaged. I tend to be very assertive. And she helped she's helped me over the years realize it's not what you said. Sometimes it's the way you say it and the attitude that you bring that causes people to step back and go, I don't know if I can trust what you're saying. Why you're not safe. I don't know if you're not safe, then how is the content in your advice safe? How is it good? Oh, that's so good, Pastor Andy. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, Anika, how about you? What's something um, you've learned in regards to attitude that's helped you? Yeah, I would say I've learned that attitude really influences people. My attitude, whether I realize it or not, I'm influencing other people. You know, we talk about leadership being influenced, but you can lead with your attitude and with the impression Mm, that you're giving people or what you're putting off. And you don't even realize it. So we can be influencing people for the positive or for the negative, just based on our mm. our attitude, just whether we have a calming spirit or a divisive uh, spirit. Our attitude comes out in the words we say and when people are around us. So we have to be careful with that because we're always either being influenced or influencing someone. And a lot of that has to do with our attitude. Yeah, and I would have to say, like, with attitude in general, the thing that it took me a while to learn, but I definitely feel like I've gotten there, is recognizing that our attitude is a choice. We do not have to Mm -hmm. live according to how we feel. And there's a lot of times that things rise up in me. I have triggers and stuff like that. And just because I feel it, just because I think it, doesn't mean I have to act on it. 
our attitude is a choice. So um, learning that and beginning to put that into practice has made a huge difference in my life. And so I know I've got some triggers that, you know, kind of like can spark or like begin to take me in a negative direction in my attitude. I'm curious to know, because you said you were going to get real vulnerable. We <laughs> talked about this already. So I want to hear from you guys. Do you have any attitude triggers? What are some of those things that just kind of annoy you real quick and like you have to check yourself? Yeah, I think for me, an attitude trigger is when I'm in a conversation and someone completely uh, disregards or dismisses, maybe maybe generalizes someone just because they say something that they perceived meant a certain thing. I, I I really struggle with people who don't seek to understand first because I'm like, you have an agenda. And that just all, to, all of a sudden makes me just want to go super defensive, super aggressive. And it wants to make me be like, okay, now I've shifted from what's going to benefit this conversation to how do I eliminate you from no longer being able to be a voice in this conversation? And, and that's a terrible attitude on my part because it doesn't bring out the righteousness and the godliness and the compassion and the love of God. It just brings out enemy, take them out, you know? And so I, I have to, I have to really watch that because it's in those moments that I've realized that my attitude can determine the redemptive value of what I'm about to do. Yeah. And, and so I have to really watch that. So once you've recognized that, like, give me some practical things that you do in that moment. You suddenly you're in that conversation. You become aware of it. You know, you've got that tendency to kind of go in. What are some things that have helped you not do that? Well, I think first and foremost is recognizing I'm not called to be the Savior, nor is God holding me accountable to save everybody. He's calling me to be a vessel in agreement with Holy Spirit. And what I have to do is pause, and I'll tell you, I have to do something that we don't really talk much about, but I almost have to stop immediately and repent and say, God, I just confess this. was I'm about to head in the wrong direction. So, Lord, I just confess to you that my attitude's bad, and I'm asking you to cleanse it and change it and get me realigned back to your perspective here, because I, I don't want to miss your perspective. And so the first and foremost is, is to recognize, you know, my job is not to be the Savior. My job is not to save the day. My job is to be in agreement with Holy Spirit and be a voice for Him. But the second thing is when I find that I'm triggered, I need to step back and, and you know, just, just for, I know, I know we all know this, but just for for the sake of us all being on the same page, you know, the word repent in, in the scriptures is the word of changing your mind and therefore your mind changes and then the direction of your attitude and actions change. Mm. And so it, it really is a course, a real fast course correction. And it, and it's a betrayal of the soul. Uh, there's a lot that I'd like to say there, but it, it's, it's a betrayal of the soul where it is the, um, it's the idea of the soul is the sum total of, of my thoughts, my emotions, and my desires. And so what I have to do is I have to keep that completely under check and say, this is not the time, Andy, for your desires. This is not the time for your emotions. And this is not the time for your thoughts. This is the time for Holy Spirit's thoughts and desires and will or, so or, or emotions. Oh, I love that. All right. What about you, Anika? Triggers? Absolutely. Okay, I would say that one thing that gets me totally annoyed is when people move at a slow pace. (laughs) 
now, <laughs> this that. is particularly challenging to me as a mom who has kids who have little <laughs> regard for time restraints or we have five minutes left. It's time to go. And I'm like, OK, can we just move on? Can we just get this show on the road? Because I tend to move at a quick pace. I think quickly. I act quickly. So I just like to get things going. So when someone is moving a little slow and not thinking about how much time there is, I get a little annoyed, I would say. So that would be a trigger for me. People moving slow. Come on. Let's keep it moving. (laughs) I love that. Let's keep it moving. Okay. So in those moments, because I remember when Aaron was small and only had one kid. And that would trigger me, too, because I would wake him up early. I'd get everything ready. And for whatever reason, it seemed like when you asked him to, like, get moving, he would go slower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, is this psychological? What What is happening? And so a lot of times I would be at the bottom of, because we had a two-story house, I'd be at the bottom of the stuff. I was like, Aaron, come on. You know, so how do you, in those moments where you feel that trigger's getting pushed, like, what are some practical things you've done that have helped you like not come unglued? Well, you know, you said something key earlier that, you know, attitude is a choice. And at those Mm -hmm. times I have to realize that there are some things that I cannot change or cannot control. And one of those things is other people, you know, so realizing (laughs) that I have a choice in my response and I hear this voice in the back of my head saying, you have need of patience, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and literally I'm so serious and it comes back to me and how am I going to respond to what they are doing, what I can't control, how am I going to respond and see where I can have a growth opportunity in that. Wow, those are really great things that you just shared with us. And I agree, Anika, I am the same way. I like to keep things going. So I can understand that frustration as well. When you realize your attitude is slipping, how do you adjust? Well, really, I tend to step back and ask myself, why am I responding in the way that I'm responding? I consider myself someone good at self-assessing. So you know, asking myself basic questions, am I tired? Am I frustrated? Have I consulted God? You know, when I decide to bring Jesus into the situation, I know that my attitude changes. So it's really about stepping back and seeing why are you responding the way that you're responding. Yeah, that's good. yeah and, and, and what I love about what you shared, Anika, is, is you didn't dismiss the responsibility of someone else that triggered your attitude. And I think that's another aspect of this is attitude helps me know how to respond instead of react. And I think I think the difference is, is a reaction is when my emotion or my attitude's out of alignment and I just blurt out and I respond and I just go after somebody. Right. Versus a response is, is when my conviction, my values, my mission is driving me and I confront whatever it is that created that trigger with a healthy response. Because like in that situation, I can appreciate the fact that you don't like to move slow because I don't like to move slow. I see that in in so many different things, you know, especially in leading people or in leading a family or interacting in any really environment that that has people attached. Most of our challenges are not the information we have. It is the interaction based on the attitudes and and reattitudes. It's not a word, but I just made it up. Reattitudes, <laughs> like reactions. It. And and so what happens is, is 
when I have the maturity or the the pause mechanism to address my trigger at a real fast pace, I can then re-engage in a healthy way that still pushes everything forward the way I need to be. So in your situation, the case, and, and it's the same a lot of times in my life, I can challenge my children or my spouse. I, I reluctant <laughs> to say that, but I can challenge them to to, hey, come on, there is a responsibility factor and you're moving slow and creating some irresponsibility dynamics. But I can do that without communicating. You all annoy me. I'm so <laughs> disgusted with you guys. You're a bunch of idiots. Like, that's what I have to pause myself. So I love your illustration. And it really is. It's in those small things that the biggest challenges come. So thank you for sharing that. Pastor Andy, I'm just curious, how long did it take you to get to that point for you to realize those things and like work on it to the point where you are better at handling it and, you know, stronger at responding? <laughs> okay, so transparently, I don't think I've mastered that yet. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. I well, think it sounds like you haven't figured out. <laughs> no. Well, there's listen, there's a difference between being a consultant and a practitioner. And I'm a better consultant than I am a practitioner. <laughs> I can help you fix your problems and tell you how to make sure you don't mess things up. But when it comes to my circumstances, I have this special, what we call in my family, cutting the red tape, right? These are the standards for all humanity, and then there's standards for me because you don't understand my situation <laughs> and my circumstance, and I get a fast pass, right? <laughs> but to that point, I do think uh, it's, it's a great question. I think part of what I've had to learn and learn transparently, one of my greatest struggles is to submit when I think I'm right to somebody mm -hmm. else because I'm choosing the relationship over uh, being right, and so over the years, what I've had to learn and am still learning is when in doubt, submit to the one you trust in the room. And and that pause then later gives me feedback. And I say, you know what? I do want to be better because, you know, I have I only have daughters and there's nothing, nothing worse than being a father of daughters who is harsh or who is super assertive that creates an unsafe environment where where women who I am trying to raise, young ladies who I'm trying to raise to understand who they are in Christ and the way they should live and act and behave. Because I always say the way you present yourself will determine what you attract. And so, you know, I'm trying to raise them up. But if I'm over here being this bonehead dad or if I if they see me in meetings being this completely selfish, harsh, uh, engaging leader, then what I'm doing is just saying one thing over here, but demonstrating something else over here. So, so, so to answer your question, that was a long way to get around to answer the question of, I think I'm still in process and I'm still in progress, but I think I've had a better handle on it because I've chosen to listen to people around me that I know love me and give me honest feedback. And that's really a difficult thing for attitude is letting someone speak into it. Yeah, that is really hard. Thank you for sharing that. You know, we've talked about how you make adjustments. I'm curious, what do you think has had the most impact or made the biggest difference in helping you just be aware of the wrong attitudes that you've had and kind of give you an ability to recondition your mind and, you know, just change bad attitudes into better ones? Well, I think for me, 
not to sound too cliche of a lot of environments that probably have addressed this, I do think going to the Word of God and and looking at what the Scripture, specifically for me, what Jesus says and how Jesus acted and reacted. You know, Jesus was in the most volatile of environments and social, political, uh, cultural dynamics and conversations. He he was in a really, it was a volatile uh, season of life that he lived because there was so much uh, animosity and hate, which is really no different than where we are today. Yeah. And so I think looking at what he did and how he did it and how he responded is so critical for me to keep in check and help me to realize, hey, wait a minute, time out, Andy. Um, Holy Spirit is here. You know, God is still in control. God is all powerful. Uh, I do have a choice, but God is still sovereign. Uh, God sees this and knows this because sometimes when I have a negative attitude, I'm like, are you what? Are you seeing this, God? Like, are you are you serious going to let this happen right here? Right. And I have to remind myself, boy, that's really that's not the right posture here. I just I just have to stop and look at how Jesus responded. And I think that's one of the biggest practical things as I step back and go, not so much what would Jesus do, but how would Jesus see what I'm seeing right now? And therefore, how would Holy Spirit? It really is a better question is what would Holy Spirit do? Because Jesus operated under the Holy Spirit while he was mm-hmm. on earth. And and so I really think I have to I retrain my mind by renewing it. By first admitting it's not right and it's not perfect, and then what do I need to deposit into it to get to that place? So good. How about you, Anika? Pastor Andy, that's gold. I definitely agree with that. And I would just add to it, it takes intentionality, just being intentional um, and really honest with yourself as to where where you are. You know, um, when it comes to renewing our minds, I know the Bible tells us to have the same mind as Christ and let this mind be in you that's in Christ. And that takes um, a willingness to um, be open to God, to be open to change, a willingness to like look at yourself and be able to see where you're not lining up and missing the mark and um, just being open to uh, God really making that adjustment and just helping you make that adjustment. Of course, that comes from the word and spending time with him. And like you said, it sounds cliche-ish. It sounds religious, but that is the truth. That is what we have to do. We have to come to the one who created our minds, who helped us with our attitude, who created us, and he knows best and he can help us to adjust where we need adjusting. Yeah, I love that. You know, it all depends on how we grew up. Some of us have been in church since before we were born. You know, others of us, like I didn't really come to faith until I was in my mid-20s. So I had never, like I'd heard scriptures and had, you know, been in the Catholic church and like we Mm -hmm. had a Bible in our home, Mm -hmm. but I had not read it. And so really actually reading the Bible for the first time in my mid-20s, like I had grown up with patterns of thinking and just ways of seeing things that was completely different than what I read. And so I looked in the mirror of the word and thought, this is so different than anything I've heard, Mm -hmm. anything that I've known. And it has been a lifelong journey of beginning to like, just renew my mind according to what God actually says. 
but it's made yeah. all the difference in the world. And the wonderful thing is he goes on the journey with us and yes, his ways good. are better. And it is that realization and openness to his way of thinking and doing. And as you align yourself with that, he does um, change you. He helps you see things the way he sees things. And the end result of that is we look at people different. We begin to respond differently in situations because we have his heart. We have his perspective. We decided this is a great stopping point. We actually recorded the second part of the roundabout session, and we can't wait to share that with you next episode. But we're going to break right here and wrap up for today. When you come back next time, we're going to hear from Pastor Andy and Anika as they talk about their insights into the Beatitudes, ones that have really spoken to them and some of their personal stories, living those attitudes out in their own lives. It's great stuff. So join us next time. Lauren, is there anything you want to share? Wow. So good. I love when we have friends on the show. It's so much fun. It's great to hear other perspectives as well. So as we finish up this episode, I just wanted to take a minute to talk to the person right now that might be feeling like their attitude is a bit sour and they know that they can be better, but they just can't understand why it's such a challenge for them. Look, y'all, this is First in Maine. This is the podcast where we do life together. This 60-day challenge is called a challenge for a reason, because it's challenging. (laughs) I just want to say thank you for coming alongside us and showing up, listening to our podcast, and taking this challenge with us. Guys, we hope you have a great week. Thanks so much again for listening. We can't wait to meet back with you here at First in Maine, your avenue to living well.